We've been talking lately about forming a new habit, and today we're going to talk about forming a new exercise habit, because choosing a sustainable behavior for exercise is crucial, and you need to find a workout that you can stick with. Wellness 717 Podcast. I'm Dr. Jeff Ludwig. I'm the host of this show. This is sponsored by Camp Hill Family Chiropractic. And the aim of this show is to give this community information so you can make smart, safe, and sane healthcare decisions. So as they say, relax and enjoy the show. Well, hello, my friends. It is getting dangerously close to the end of February, and we just got through Valentine's Day, and we've been giving you great information to help you make good wellness decisions. And today, it's important to know what exercise is right for you. How do you find that right exercise? And you might be saying, well, Dr. Jeff, I already know what I like to do, but I'm asking you to think for a second, is this something that is sustainable for you? Is this something that you can keep going day after day, week after week, whatever your your exercise uh, routine is? And why is this important? Well, I think we all know exercise programs provide a ton of benefits. And when they encompass different dimensions of fitness, these would include things like aerobic exercise, Strength, which includes endurance strength as well as muscle size. Stretching and flexibility is also important. Balance and many, many, many other benefits. So my question to you, my friends, is your exercise program, does it encompass all of these things? Specifically, if you're just doing one exercise. So let's get into this. We know that there are many forms of exercise, but each type has its own advantages and disadvantages. Some types of exercise expend more calories than others. There are different forms of exercise that are also continually being developed, such as Tai Chi, Pilates, spinning, right? These are all good forms of exercise. Some people prefer to exercise in a gym or at home and maybe even following a video. We have that technology that's out there as well. Whereas some people prefer just to exercise outdoors, which is okay too. Some people have very structured exercise routine where others simply incorporate exercise into their lifestyle. For example, instead of driving somewhere, they walk somewhere. Instead of taking the elevator, they take the steps. Or maybe they park further away from their designation. Choosing the right exercise is a matter of finding an activity that helps you achieve your fitness goals. And we have to make sure it's safe, it's sustainable, and more importantly, it's enjoyable or at least tolerable. This exercise that you choose to do or program, right? It could be a variety of different 
exercise modules, it should also offer some degree of challenge. And then at least some of your workouts that have an opportunity for exercise increases or maybe an ability to sustain a certain fitness level. Now, I must say, being a doctor, I think it's important to know what your restrictions are. So as my disclaimer here, make sure you check with your physician before starting a new exercise because you may be a person or you know somebody that might be on blood thinners or someone that gets seizures or with some other medical disorders such as heart, liver, kidney disorders, and I hate to say it, but the list goes on and on. So let's talk about things you already know and maybe some things about it that you didn't realize. So number one, let's talk about walking. Walking is a well-balanced form of exercise for most people, regardless of how old you are. Many people are able to maintain a modest level of fitness just through regular walking. It's easy on the joints relatively, and, and at least one foot is on the ground at all times. So the force with which the foot strikes the ground is never much more than a person's weight. However, walking expends fewer calories than does something like running and places fewer demands on the heart. So walking slowly will not alone make a person very fit. So if you're going to get out there, try to get your heart rate up. Some things you can do with walking to walk faster. You can take longer steps. You can move your legs faster with an equally vigorous stroke or swing of the arms. Your steps can be lengthened by swiveling your hips from side to side so the feet can reach the ground further. And swiveling hips tends to make the toes point outward and when the feet touch the ground so the toes do not reach as far as they would if they were pointed straight ahead. In addition, excessive hip swiveling can strain the hips and it can contribute to things like osteoarthritis, which nobody wants that. So therefore, a person should always try to point their toes straight ahead when walking. When I teach my patients about getting their gait back, especially if they've had a foot injury, it's always heel, outside foot, and roll back in and push off that big toe. Those toes keep you balanced. Just look at any toddler that's learning to walk, and that's why they walk on their toes. Now let's go to number two exercise, which is my favorite, because this is what I grew up with, is swimming. Swimming exercises the whole body. I always say when I get out of the water, I feel like my body is together. I do feel it in my whole body, because I'm using my legs, my arm, my back, and without straining most joints and muscles. That's what I like about it. I've had a couple knee surgeries, so swimming is pretty good for it. Swimming is recommended for people who have muscle or joint problems. There are people who have rotator cuff disorders, but if you use the right technique when swimming, usually you don't get a rotator cuff or shoulder injury. The cool thing about swimming, too, is you can move at your own pace. You can use any stroke. You can gradually increase endurance. Um, I suggest you swim for at least 30 minutes continuously. Now, one of the most important things to realize about swimming is that it is not a weight-bearing exercise, so it doesn't build bone like something like walking or running does, or even bicycling for some degree. So it does not help prevent osteoporosis. So I'm a swimmer, and if I just do swimming and nothing else like walking or 
a little jog, which I really don't run anymore because of my knees, then I can feel it in my joints. So make sure if you're going to swim to do other activities as well. Number three, bicycling. Wow, different types of bicycles that are out there, aren't there? I have patients that have tricycles, adults, that ride them pretty much all year long, as long as the snow's not too bad and people aren't driving like uh, idiots, if you will. They want to be safe out there on the road. But riding a bicycle is good exercise for your cardiovascular fitness. Pedaling a bicycle strengthens the upper leg muscles And bicycles are pedaled at a smoother circular motion that does not really jolt the muscles. However, bicycling can be harmful in some people with knee disorders. Now, myself, I've had a couple of knee disorders. Um, I don't feel that way. Um, I usually get on a recumbent bike, right? So I'm not out there outside riding my bike and it's just better for my back as well. So you don't necessarily need to ride a bike outside Uh, You can do a spinning class, which you need to be careful because now you're going to be bending forward and that can give you issues to your low back. I like to do a recumbent bike where you sit and you sit back and I can get quite the workout and my knee doesn't tend to have as much stress on it because I'm not pushing down on it. And then one other challenge about outdoor bicycling, it may involve things like risks of falls. Certainly cars are out there, as we mentioned, traffic and other road hazards. I had a patient uh, two weeks ago actually fell off his bike when he was riding, and it really jolted his body. Well, thank goodness he gets regular chiropractic care, and it didn't take him too long to get back to where he was. I think it was about a week because his body had the history of regular motion, specific motion through what we do in our office. So let's mention another one, number three, aerobic dancing. This is a popular type of exercise, and it's offered by many communities. You may not know about it unless you're into dancing, but it exercises the whole body. Dancing with a light to moderate weights can also offer some benefits too because it increases the challenge of overall demands on the muscles. So when you're dancing, you can exercise at your own pace. And with the guidance of an experienced instructor, lively music and familiar routines may make the workout more fun. There's a lot of classes that are out there that people are into, whether it's water aerobics or on land. And some of these programs have been out there for quite some time. So if you're doing aerobic dance such as Zumba or something like that, it's important for you to know that if you're doing it for weight loss, in terms of weight loss, they're really proportional to the intensity that you're doing. And also... Muscle strengthening does not increase much with this type of activity, but you can really burn some calories. Here's an oldie but goodie, step aerobics. Step aerobics have been around for a a bunch of years. It works primarily the muscles of the front and back of the upper legs, meaning the quadriceps in your hamstring. And the gluteal muscles also are worked as a person steps up and down from a raised platform, meaning a step. So most of the time, the step aerobics are done in music, sort of as a class, kind of like Zumba. They may incorporate it as well, and you're on a designated pace. So here's the point, though. As soon as your muscles start to feel sore with any of these exercises, 
you, the exerciser, should stop. Do something else. Return to the step aerobics maybe a couple days later. And just to realize that high-intensity step aerobics can strain the joints, particularly the knees and the hips. I know that uh, there's studies out there that show when you just go up and down steps, you take your weight and time to buy six. Well, that's a lot of pressure on your knees. So just keep that in mind. So if that's too much for your knees and hips, there is water aerobics. We talked about this briefly. It is an excellent choice for older people and for people with weak muscles. It does prevent falls on a hard surface, right? You're not going to fall down. It provides support for the body. And it's often used with people with arthritis and sometimes for injury rehab. Well, it's wintertime here in Pennsylvania, and we really don't have any snow, but cross-country skiing exercises the upper body and the legs. And many people enjoy just using machines that stimulate cross-country skiing. Now, if you get on these machines to simulate cross-country skiing, it requires more coordination than most types of exercises. And really, you should try out the machine before you buy one. So if we get any snow, cross-country skiing outdoors is more enjoyable to some people, but adds the challenges of exercising in the cold while maintaining balance. Here's another choice of exercising, rowing. Rowing strengthens the large muscles of the legs and upper backs and your upper arms. Not many people have a rowing boat out in the water, unless you're on a team in college. However, if the boat does not have a sliding seat, the muscles will not be strengthened. So you just can't go out and row on a boat. It's just not going to be enjoyable. And you may end up with a a minimized injury. So try the rowing machine in the gym. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Well, here's another one. We all know about this. Strength training. Strength training is meant to build strength and muscle mass and is the optimal exercise method to help prevent and treat osteoporosis. Because... There's not a lot of load bearing to the bones like there would be with running. You know, you can do strength training on free or machine weights. You can use cable weights or even body weight. A lot of people are using these bands. I have some of those at home that I'm using, although I like the free weights a little bit better. You can do things like push-ups. You don't need to buy anything. You can do abdominal crunches. You can do chin-ups. You can do tricep push-ups. There's a variety of calisthenics that we can do without buying anything to build strength. So keep that in mind. Here's a biggie, Pilates. Boy, it's really come around in the last 30 years. This is a series of exercises designed to increase flexibility and your strength of the core of your abdominal and back. Now, although Pilates is often thought as a program for experienced athletes, Pilates programs can be designed for people of all fitness levels. So check out a class in your neighborhood. These Pilates techniques must be done correctly for people to achieve benefit. So you need somebody to show you how to use these machines and hopefully be in a class. Most experts suggest that people begin by taking a class or two with a Pilates instructor, like I said, before even trying it at home or buying the machine. Here's another one, Tai Chi. Tai Chi is a system of gentle physical motions and stretches that are coordinated with specific breathing techniques. Doesn't that sound wonderful? 
I, I've actually never done Tai Chi. I have patients that do it, and I think I need to give it a try. It's often used for stress reduction. And there's some forms of Tai Chi that are more intense and vigorous than others, but generally Tai Chi is considered more of a stress reduction technique rather than a true exercise. Which brings me to yoga. Yoga isn't necessarily not considered an exercise by some people. I would. Yoga, there's different types of yoga. Some yoga incorporates stretching muscles and has the benefits of mental and physical relaxation. Most people recognize it as that. And many people really enjoy yoga. However, yoga doesn't necessarily benefit the heart, increase endurance, or even help build muscle. But it does work with flexibility. But you do get in more demanding positions regularly. I can attest for this. Because one time I went to the YMCA with my wife years ago. It was all these women and me. I brought my yoga mat. I'm thinking, oh, I can do all these things. I'm stronger than these women. Boy, oh boy, I was wrong. And that class kicked my butt. It made me realize that being fit is more than just being strong. Elliptical machines. These are machines that are used for cardiovascular fitness. It's a great machine to use for people who can't maybe be on the the treadmill, if you will. The benefits compared to running or even bicycling. For example, these are less stressful on the spine and less stressful on the joints because there's really no impact as the body glides when using the elliptical machine. So if you do it right with continuous muscle tension, you can facilitate better muscle development, endurance, and muscle strength. So we mentioned briefly at the beginning about there are video programs, if you will, that you can buy a subscription to so someone's working out with you, whether you're on a bike or whether you're lifting weights. Those things are out there and the people that use them love them. There's also an expense to them as well, usually a monthly expense. So if it's worth it to you and you don't have to pay to go to a gym, that might be the way to go. So it's kind of like an interactive video game that encourages physical activities. So at the beginning, I talked about forming a new exercise habit, something that you can choose that's sustainable. That's the key word, sustainable behavior. This is crucial because the benefits of exercise begin to diminish within weeks after a person stops exercising. Your heart strength, your muscle strength, the level of your HDL cholesterol decreases, blood pressure and body fat increase. Even former athletes who stop exercising do not retain measurable long-term benefits. However, people who were physically active in the past can regain fitness faster. So find something you love to do. Find something that's not a workout. Find something that's a sustainable exercise behavior. And your body's going to thank you for it. Well, thanks for listening to this episode on finding the right exercise for you. You know, we're getting to the end of February and most people have already quit the gym. February 13th is that day. So I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about staying in the game. Your body will reward you when you move and give it the right exercise that's fit for your body and your health experiences. If you like this episode, 
I encourage you to please share it with a friend or family member. And wherever you're listening to this, subscribe to this channel because these episodes come out every Monday at noon. And as always, as we begin our week to exercise with something that we like to do, I encourage you all to be well and be blessed. Have a great week, everyone.